This is a Warminster Community Radio podcast. Welcome to episode two of Around Warminster. Uh, my name's Andrew Robinson. This is WCR's BA12 Radio Burst covering Warminster and the surrounding area. This episode is entitled Hit the Road Jack, uh, and we're going to be talking about both Jack and a road. Uh, plus, we've got a summary of this week's news, uh, and remember, if it's worth knowing in Warminster, then you'll find it right here. Later in this episode, a preview for Happy Jack coming to the Athenaeum next weekend. Uh, but first... I started our last episode with a plea for local voices. We want to hear from you, uh, and you haven't disappointed. Uh, Harriet got in touch this week about Monday night's town council meeting, where councillors will be debating whether Smallbrook Road should be closed during the toad migration season. A closure would make it safer for toads to cross from the water meadows to their ancestral pond. I've spoken to Harriet James from the Warminster Toad Patrol to find out exactly what is being proposed. So there's been a toad population and frogs and newts there for years. Like I think people who grew up in Warminster remember hundreds of them crossing the road there. So it's like an ancestral place where they, in the spring they always cross the road there because they're heading for a particular pond in the reserve and they always go back to the pond where they were born. So that's what they're doing. Um, and the toad patrol started up to try and stop so many of them being killed by cars because it only takes a couple of cars and then there's loads of them dead. And we've watched, we've been recording their numbers since 2019 in great detail and um, the numbers are definitely dropping. And there aren't that many females compared to males. So when a female gets killed, it's really bad news because they can have like a thousand, you know, um, little bits of spawn in them. So that's another thousand tadpoles down for the following year. Mm. Um, So um, they are a protected species too. So that's why we want to try and do something about it. So uh, your uh, Toad Patrol group came up with this plan. Yeah. Which... uh, Sounds relatively straightforward, which is to close Smallbrook Road for a relatively short period of time, isn't it? Yeah, so the peak breeding time, when they come out of people's gardens, they come downhill and they're heading for the pond, that's when they cross the road. That's like from Valentine's Day, really, um, where the sap's rising, you know, and they're, they're hell-bent on getting to the pond. So that's the time when most of them get killed, although they do get killed later on in the year as well, obviously, when they cr- they come out of the ponds and start dispersing. But the crucial thing is to try and save the female ones particularly. And what we do is go along and put them in buckets. But obviously we're out on the road and their car's going past. And it would be safer for everybody, really, if it was closed. And then uh, we'd still keep on recording them, but at least we'd know that period was just completely free for them to do what they need to do. Uh, So... Where does it stand? Because we, we've got uh, th- there's Wiltshire Council and there's Warminster Town Council yeah. involved, and, and it's it, it's appears to be compa- it seems to be complex. It's, <laughs> it's like a massive bureaucracy. You wouldn't think it'd be so complicated, but it is because anything to do with highways, you have to you know the, the highways seem to be so important 
um, legally you have to allow like passing of traffic and there's lots of legislation around it what we found a piece of legislation which is section 22 of the road traffic act which allows special measures for nature reserves so we think we found the piece of legislation that allowed Wiltshire Council to, you know, in theory, they could approve it because of that. And we could get what's called a, uh, a traffic regulation order. And that would shut the road day and night for a month. Um, uh, but it costs quite a lot and um, it takes a while. So we wouldn't be able to do it till 2025 because we haven't got time to do it for next spring. Right. Uh, so we've got, to, um, it has to be requested by the town council and there has to be a public consultation as well. So what the town council have agreed to do, which we're very pleased about, and I'd like to thank them for doing it because it's been a, it's been quite hard to get the complexity of it across and 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 to find out how the legal stuff would work. But um, they have agreed to look into it further. And if they were to agree, having consulted the public, they're going to have an informal consultation quite soon. Having consulted the public. And, and gauge the for and against then they they probably could go ahead and apply um, but and then there'll be another public consultation if it actually does happen but it needs further investigation for on their part and and with your I get the impression you've been talking to Wiltshire Council uh, as well obviously, yeah. uh, about this the, the impression at, at Monday night's council meeting w that I got was that the town council seem to feel that there isn't an appetite at Wiltshire Council for, for this to happen is yeah, that what not, you we feel don't, we felt differently about it after the meeting we were much more positive and um, they did they didn't say no uh, they said they they asked their legal department and in theory the legal department said yes it would be possible and we've also discovered that the under the Environment Act which is 2021 the government made it a, uh, there was a biodiversity duty a legal duty on local authorities to protect biodiversity so both Wiltshire Council and the Town Council do have a legal duty to look after protected species like toads so we think we've got the right legislation under the Traffic Act and they've got a legal obligation in environmental law so we hope that they'll think that they you know they really ought to do it mm -hmm. and maybe they could share the costs is what we're suggesting or if not if they don't like that then maybe we could go out and look for grants Mm. Um, uh, and in the meantime, because as you mentioned, this, this is going to be looking for, for 2025. Yeah. We, we have a season. Do you call it a season? I don't know. But we, we have breeding a, season, a breeding yeah. season <laughs> between then, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. So um, what can people listening do to help um, in 2024? Well, they could join us if they like. So we've got special high vis with tow patrol written on the back, height of fashion, <laughs> and we go out with our wellies on and take the bucket. And we've got some children as well who come along. Um, we're very careful about you know road safety. We go in groups. We've got powerful torches. We put up signs to let motorists know we're there. And we go all along Smallbrook Road right up to Turnpike Cottage and on the feeder roads that come in either end. So that's what we do. But when we want, when we hopefully are able to shut the road, we, it would only be from the reserve car park to Turnpike Cottage. So it would stop the through traffic, mm. but it wouldn't stop people getting to the reserve car park during the day, during that month, mm. or people going to the lodge at the other end, which was a concern before about businesses being affected, mm. but it wouldn't 
you know, wouldn't have a big effect. Uh, and of course, uh, people could avoid driving through there as well, because in yeah. theory, I, this is very easy for me to say, but in theory, there shouldn't really be a huge amount of traffic on that road anyway. No, should I mean, there? I think the concern of the town council is that when things are blocked up in the centre of town, people go through there. But that's not going to. I mean, in February, that I think that's unlikely. It's very often flooded down there mm. anyway in February, so. Um, we don't see that the impact would be huge but then they've got to consider what happens if an ambulance or something needs to go along there so it would be how is it shut is it shut with signs or a great big lump of concrete or how does it work but that's all got to be looked into and the town council has agreed to look into that and look further at it so well, we're really pleased that they didn't just say no. It was yes, great. That, that's a good a good <laughs> step forward, and uh, hopefully, I, I suspect that uh, uh, you and your colleagues at, at the council meeting may have uh, had some influence. There. I hope so. Well, yes. that's it's good that public can speak, and you know, hopefully, um, well, they definitely listen. Next on Around Warminster, our Newsweek team of reporters look back at seven days of local news. WCR Newsweek Headline Death of local councillor announced CCTV considered for Wesley Estate Football club floodlights needed Tender for new park equipment considered And over 10% increase in air ambulance use All this and more this week on Newsweek Death of local councillor announced. The death of local councillor John Syme was announced last week. John was 75 years old and originally from Hatesbury. The villages surrounding Warminster always remained one of his passions. He was described by many people as a champion of Warminster. Warminster Town Council released a statement about his passing, saying... Our thoughts are with his family and friends at this difficult time. CCTV considered for Wesley Estate. Selwood Housing is considering installing a CCTV system to the Wesley Estate in order to monitor crime and antisocial behaviour. The association has asked Wormsett Town Council for a contribution of £5,000 towards the total installation costs of £20,000. Safeguarding... Welfare and environmental concerns have also prompted the move after the estate was identified in 2018. Sean Church, who is Selwood's senior neighbourhood manager, said a CCTV operation that will cover public areas of the estate will provide a safer environment for residents and visitors and a vital opportunities for us to gather evidence of perpetrators, resulting in a prevention of open crime behaviour. More than half of the residents of Wesley Estates said they felt unsafe and had concerns around drug use and dealing. Many also feared repercussions if they were to report such behaviour. The cameras would cover the highways, pavements, garage and park and forecourts, entrances and egress points of the estate. Last year, 31 crimes were reported on the estate, according to the National Website for Policing in England, Wales and Northern Ireland. A full council meeting on Monday will review the funding application for Selwood Housing. Football club floodlights needed. Warminster Football Club could be at risk if they cannot provide £30,000 worth for new LED floodlights. The switch to use 
of LED lamps is becoming compulsory and the club will not be able to compete in the men's league without them. The club is financed through gate and bar sales and has no other financing other than sponsorship from local businesses. The high cost of running the current floodlights, for which bulbs are rapidly becoming unobtainable, has meant that the youth team have been unable to enter the league this season. Rob McFerrin, committee member of the club, has written to the town council to request that £30,000 from the community infrastructure be allocated to the club. The total cost of the new floodlights, which would be far more economical and eco-friendly to run, is around £40,000. Ten club committee members have each agreed to donate £1,000 as an interest-free loan to help towards the funding, Miss McPerrin explained. Warminster Town FC is not just about goals and results, it is a beacon of community unity, youth development and overall well-being. We take pride in giving back to the community through initiatives like charity events within our club. The Town Council CIL Working Group said that it considered the application and recommended that the funding request be approved at the next meeting of the full council. Tender for new park equipment considered. At the full Town Council meeting on Monday, councillors will vote on whether to accept a £34,999 tender for new play equipment for the under-fives at the play park in the Lake Pleasure Grounds. A review and costing exercise of all play areas in Warminster was undertaken in 2022 and the current multiplayer area was deemed to be at the end of its useful life. Six applications from six play equipment companies were received by the council who had put the project out to tender as the anticipated costs were going to be over and above the £25,000 threshold for contracts. Each application was scored on a basis of 40% for price and 60% for quality. They selected a company that has produced an eye-catching design with high play value. All the existing safety surfaces will still be utilised. Funding for the project was agreed by the council in January of last year. Over 10% increase in air ambulance demand. Although the Wiltshire Air Ambulance Service is a charity and receives no regular direct funding from the government or grants from the National Lottery, the demand for its usage last year was increased by 10.6% from the previous year. 1,167 missions were undertaken last year, for which the helicopter was used 646 times, and critical care cars used for the 521 other incidents. A total of 292 patients were transferred to local hospitals, including RUH, Southmead, Bristol and Great Western. Richard Miller, who is Safety and Ground Operations Manager for Wiltshire Air Ambulance, said, These latest statistics show the need for our life-saving service has sadly increased in the last 12 months. And we could not do it without the amazing donors and local businesses who help raise the funds required to keep our air ambulance flying and saving lives. The team were called out to attend at 38 incidents in Warminster last year.
Campaign on school absence. Families in Wiltshire with children who are experiencing difficulties with school attendance in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic are being supported by a team of education welfare officers from Wiltshire Council. They are urging families to call and seek advice to be reassured that they are not alone. Parents can contact their children's school or the council to work together on a plan. Helen Carpenter, head teacher of Kingdown School, said that she understood the difficulties that some parents face. She said, "It can be hard for parents getting their child into school every day, but I do think the benefits are huge both in terms of well-being and their learning. Even missing the odd day can have an impact. Getting children into a daily routine is important." Your school can support your child if they are struggling with provisions like breakfast club, counselling, and checking in with students when they arrive. Evidence from the council demonstrates that good attendance at school is an essential foundation for raising pupil attainment. Attendance at Wiltshire schools reflect the marked drop that has been seen nationwide since COVID. Councillor Laura Myers, Wiltshire Council Cabinet Member for Education and Skills, said. Missing school can have a long-term impact, and we want our children, young people, and families to be supported. New flood wardens urgently sought. The town clerk Tom Domit has urged local residents to send in information about where the recent flooding occurred, so that the council has an understanding of what happened in different areas, and can decide what preventative action could be taken in the future. Photos are requested, if possible, too. He said, "We want to build up a picture of where it happened. We want to know the times and whether it flooded really quickly. We want to know if your home was almost flooded. We would like as much detail as possible. The intention is that to pass all the information to Wessex Water, the Environment Agency, and Wiltshire Council." Mr. Domit also put out a plea to new flood wardens. Responsibilities would include keeping an eye on watercourses, recognizing and reporting flood risks, reporting blocked drains, reporting potential flooding to others in the area they cover, and providing emergency services with important information. Full training and necessary equipment would be provided by the town council. Anyone who is interested in becoming a flood warden is asked to contact the town council. Second round success for Wiley Chalk Stream project, a project that demonstrates pioneering ideas that will reverse the decline in nature and support the sustainable production of food, has been successful in the second round of the government landscape recovery scheme. The Wiley Chalk Stream project will be led. By Wiltshire Wildlife Trust and delivered in partnership with the Wiley Valley Farmers Group and Wessex River Trust. Wiltshire's chalk streams are described as an irreplaceable part of England's natural landscape. The partnership hopes to re-establish the vitality, diversity, and ecological abundance of the Wiley Valley by restoring the river's natural relationship with its floodplain over a 20-kilometer reach of currently underutilized farmland. Work to be undertaken would include chalk stream restoration, floodplain reconnection, regenerative farming, and the creation of natural river valley habitats such as water meadows, ponds, and streams. Richard Cluer meets the people. 
A community event is to be held at Warminster Library on Wednesday the 24th of January at 6pm to 7.30pm where residents of Warminster and surrounding villages can meet Richard Clure, the leader of Wiltshire Council. People will be able to find out more about the work of the council and ask any questions they have about it, its objectives and priorities and the challenges ahead. Similar events have been held at Westbury, which Mr Clure described as being really useful to meet people face-to-face and hear their experiences of local issues. Those who cannot attend the event in person would still like to ask questions can submit it in advance by emailing the council. That was Newsweek. Now, John Godber's play Happy Jack is coming to the Athenaeum on the 19th and 20th of January. Director Lynn Taylor joined me in the studio. Who is Jack and why is he happy? Uh, Well, the answer is it's it's a, a title his wife gave him, which is actually not particularly true or appears not to be so. Um, so, Happy Jack is written by John Godber. Uh, it's based on the life of his grandparents. So, a mining village up north. Um, uh, and it just it goes through the life of a couple. It actually starts at the end and works backwards to the beginning. Okay. Um, and it's done in scenes. So, we see clips of their lives uh, which demonstrates their relationship really a lot of humour in it um, a lot of uh, there's a bit of political stuff as well because Jack is a miner uh, at a time when mining wasn't the best job in the world Um, so there is a little bit of politics in there as well but uh, at the end of the day it's a beautiful, beautifully crafted play uh, about a couple and their lives. And I've been following a, a little bit on, on social media, uh, some of the, the posts about this. And I think something that's, that's quite interesting about the, the setup is it's a cast of two, isn't it? It absolutely is. And that yes. must present, I, I guess, some challenges, but also some, some positives as well. Just talk us a bit about yeah. that sort of dynamic. It's, uh, it's been wonderful working with such a small cast. I've never worked with two people just before. So actually, we've developed the play together. Um, I mean, I've directed it, but actually it's been between the three of us, really. Um, uh, the challenges are learning lines. Um Jack has about 450 lines and his wife, Liz, has more than that. Um, So for them, the challenge was learning it. We originally developed it at the wharf in Devizes um, and some of the people from Alps came across and saw it, thought it was great and asked if we would come and do it here for a couple of nights. So that's been nice for the cast because having spent all that time learning all those lines, it's nice to be able to do it another couple of times. But it has meant that they've had to keep those lines going 
all through Christmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking around reciting parts yeah. of Happy Jack at, at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, so this is coming up just this coming week, isn't it? It is. 19th and 20th, Friday and Saturday. Um, tickets from the Athenaeum, from the box office, or you can buy them online. So, yeah. Fantastic. So uh, hopefully people will uh, get their tickets uh, and and come along. Um, and uh, is there anything else planned for, um, uh, from Happy Day? Are you doing any more John Godber? Uh, no, although uh, they have done, Alps have done John Godbers in the past. He's such a great wordsmith. You know, the way he writes his plays are amazing. But interestingly, a lot of people don't know him that mm. well so um worth coming to see yes. so that you get your first taste of john godber if you've not had that before fantastic well thank you very much for coming in and, and promoting this and uh, I, I hope that people will come along and uh, see this play be lovely to come out on a cold winter's night and see something good yes Last week on Around Warminster, uh, we finished the podcast with WCR's station director, Barry Mole, joining me for our quiz of the week. And we're going to do the same this week. Are you ready to do a quiz? Well, I, yes, I think so. You think so? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's a, a quiz themed around loneliness oh, today. Loneliness. I'm so lonely. Uh, now, this is, I mean, vaguely... Vaguely. Tenuously. Loosely. Loosely connected. In fact, nothing to do with lonely at all. I understand. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Oh, maybe it's the Samaritans. It's them. They're, they're coming in. It's just the quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. I missed your close harmony bit at the ah! end. Harmony requires both people to sing at the same oh, time. Did sorry, you know ready? That? One, two, three. Ah! Yeah, that sounded reasonably musical. Mm. <laughs> uh, Quiz Family Robinson yes. this week yeah. uh, secured 60%. Oh, right. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, so, would you like your first question? What is my first question? <clears throat> a, ma- a mattress. A mattress. What I'm trying to say is actress. Actress, yes. Actress Amelia Clark received New Year honour from the King this month. Her mother, she wasn't alone in this, <laughs> because her mother also received an honour uh, for services to a charity in aid of what? Brain injury, prevention of child abuse or autism? Oh, I have no idea. Let's say brain injury. That's correct. Ten percent. Ten percent. Ten percent. Ten percent. Where is the loneliest nation in the world with 47% of the population living alone? Is it Japan, the United Kingdom or Sweden? Uh, Japan. It's Sweden. Oh, Sweden. Who is currently feeling lonely at the bottom of the Premier League title table? (laughs) It's a Which, football question. Oh, is it a football? I thought yeah, it was Premier League dinner table, table no, coffee table. That. Oh, right, is okay. it Nottingham Forest, yes. Luton Town or Sheffield United? Um, let's go with Sheffield United. That's correct. 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%. Judges in England and Wales no longer have to write legal rulings alone. 
What online tool have they been authorised to use? Is it ChatGPT, Googlebot, or Microsoft Bing? Uh, uh, I, I think it would be the first one you mentioned. Chat GPT. Yes. That's correct. 30%. Catherine Parr and which other wife are alone in being the only two of Henry VIII's six to outlive him? Is it Catherine of Aragon, Anne of Cleves, or Catherine Howard? Catherine Howard. Uh, no, she had her head chopped off. Oh, yes. It was of Anne of Cleves. Anne of Cleves. Yes. With the face of a horse. That's... Yes. <laughs> well, I mean... That's uh, how Henry VIII described her. Indeed. Well, of course, actually... Mm, yeah, she was his wife, but she became yes. his, her, his sister. So, I... What? I, yeah. Can, uh, yes. She, she was moved sideways and kept her head, uh, but the king designated her as instead of queen, she was the king's sister. <laughs> well, right. he was the king. He could do what he well, liked. I guess but, he could, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so at the halfway point, you're on 30%. 30%. Okay. Uh, question six. Yeah. The film Home Alone 2 had the subtitle Lost in Where? Was it Lost in Los Angeles? Was it lost in New York or was it lost in Chicago? Lost in New York. That's correct. 40%. President Putin is likely to be alone as the only candidate with a chance to win the Russian presidential election this year. Surprise. In which city did he recently confirm he will run for re-election? Vladivostok. Moscow or St. Petersburg? Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to guess St. Petersburg. It was Moscow. Moscow. Akon had a hit called Lonely in... I'm so lonely. In which year? <laughs> uh, 2005, 2008 or 2011? Uh, 2005. That's correct. 50%, 50%, 50%. 50%. Who played the Lone Ranger in the 1940s and 50s US TV series? Ah. Was it Edward Andrews, Richard Denning, or Clayton Moore? Clayton Moore. That's correct. Hi, oh, silver, away! Sorry, that was my Clayton Moore impression. 60%, 60%, 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. And finally, the Lonely Planet Guidebook Publishing Company was founded in which country? Was it Canada, Australia or New Zealand? The Lonely Guidebook what? Lonely Planet. You know Lonely Planet, the yes. guide, they make guidebooks. Yes. Where do they originate from? Ah, I Is see. Is it Canada, Australia or New Zealandia? Uh, I think it's going to be Canada. It's Australia. Australia? Yes. Grief. Well, there we are. Uh -huh. So you finish this week on 60%, 60%, 60%, 60%. 60%.
60%. Well, that's it from the Around Warminster podcast. As I said last week, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email andrew.robinson at wcrfm.org.uk or you can call 01985 846 111. We'd love to hear your views on the news and we want your ideas too. What should Around Warminster be talking about in our future editions? For more local news and information, I host Community Chest on Warminster Community Radio each Saturday morning from 9am until 12 noon. Details of all our programmes can be found online at www.wcrfm.org.uk and on our app. Listen in Warminster and the surrounding area on 105.5 FM. That's it around Warminster. Time for me to hit the road, Jack. Thanks for listening.